Hello there and welcome to On The Roof with Sunny and Tiff for another episode with us. Uh, today I have brought a topic that I would like to have a conversation with Sunny around and I know it's something that she's going to, I don't know, maybe she'll enjoy it, maybe she won't. Um, as parents, I don't always know if talking about parenting topics is something that parents want to talk about, but anywho, uh, so... What I have been experiencing lately is with my three children, especially my two older ones where they um, are only 18 months apart, but they are very, very different little individuals. And as they're getting older, I'm experiencing where what I had done with one of them, whether that's been uh, things that they've been allowed to do or things that they've been given versus when the next one gets to that age, they turn around and go, oh, well, they got to do that at that age or they got to um, hang out with those, those people or, or do those activities or whatever it might be. Um, and I've had to find myself saying a few times, well, but you're different to your brother. And sometimes I get fired back at with the, oh, but that's not fair. Like if you get, let him do it, then why don't I get to do it? And it's also made me sit back and just reflect on a few different things that I've been doing with my parenting and over the last few years since learning about human design and understanding my children's design that I actually have been probably more consciously parenting them slightly different based on what I know about them through their human design charts and also just being more open to the fact that they are each unique in not just their human design but just who they are and that I feel like a lot of the times as parents, one, we get sold this, there's this one-size-fits-all sort of model for parenting or, you know, this is the, the parenting book of the that's popular at the time and this is the way that we should be doing it or this is the way as a you know a mother with babies you were told this is the best way to get them to go to sleep or the best nighttime routine or whatever it might be and it was always sold as like this this one version yet so many people would go oh that just doesn't work for me and my child and so I've been looking at how I parent my boys in that way of going, well, of course I'm going to be doing things differently for each of them because they're all different. And so I wanted to have the conversation with you, Sunny, around like what have you been experiencing? You have in your family unit, you've actually got four children there, um, two that don't live with you, but they're still part of your family. So you have the dynamics of, you know, lots of different children there in in your life and they're all very different and like what have you been finding around parenting children based on who they are as an individual versus sometimes that pressure that well if we do something one way with one child then we should be doing that across the board with all of them. I feel like I have my parenting experience has been so vast and varied and like I've had so many different parenting experiences and oh my gosh like if 
how much heartache and pain and struggle I've gone through try you know trying to maybe recreate things that worked with one child because you know you want things to be all the same or trying to put them all into the same little box trying to parent them the way that I was parented like trying to be really rigid and structured and following all the rules in my parenting and when I say each, like I feel like I've had so many different parenting experiences and pulling them all together now in my parenting is like I feel like I am taking each situation or each each day in my parenting a lot more fluidly and kind of letting, letting each day be, um, be led by by what's happening in, in our lives, in the child's life, in the family's life, in my life. And I know to some people that might sound like, oh my gosh, horrific. And, you know, they need structure and they need routine. Um, but that's what's working for me at the moment and now. So just to go back a bit, my first, I became a parent, first of all, to a son and I was a single parent. I was a single parent trying to reconnect and to create a family unit with the father of my child. So I was physically a single parent. However, emotionally, I was trying to parent and to be um, a mother based on what I thought would get his father to come back to us. So yeah, that I mean, that was my, my introduction to parenting. I, in doing that, I I parented in a way that felt very foreign to me and in a way that was against my intuition and against all the things I knew and trusted in. Um, my next stage of parenting was when I uh, partnered up with someone and he had two children of his own. So we became a blended family. I guess, you know, became co-parenting kind of with my partner. Um, but then, yeah, and then we were, when we had the, the three children together, we were, we were parenting with like six parents. <laughs> well, there was, there was five parents, but it was so dynamic because there were these, there were these three children who had, you know, alternate parents from their other parents and then their partners and then myself and my current partner who were trying to create, you know, all of the beautiful things that we were wanting to create um, with our ideals and our thoughts and our beliefs. And I mean, I look back on it now and it was an absolute disaster. Like it was an absolute disaster with all the best intentions. Um, and I'm really grateful that I'm in a place now where we can do a lot of healing around that together as a family. And then the next stage of, of parenting for me was when um, I had a child with my with my partner. So that became the fourth child. And she, you know, that parenting journey has been really healing for my partner and I because it's like we, this child was, you know, created out of love and, um, you know, a loving relationship and a loving, you know, family base. 
and she is all of that and then trying to fit her into the other three who had a very different parenting experience from the two of us. So there has been so much of, you know, our daughter is the spoiled one, the loved one, the, <laughs> the favoured one, like all of these things um, because of that experience. And the other three, yeah, had a very different experience parenting when we were just navigating all of these things. So um, in a sense now, the older three are young adults and our youngest daughter, she's nine, and she is being parented a lot of the time as an only child. So it's, yeah, I've got a lot to add to this conversation <laughs> um, and so many different experiences, but mm. there's been, yeah, it's, I guess to answer to your question, there has been nothing more beneficial in acknowledging that you're all different and we are our values and our beliefs and our um, motives behind certain things are always the same and have been the same for all of you. Our desires for you all are the same, but yep, you've all been parented differently and you all will continue to be and being okay with that, which is difficult too. Mm -hmm. I had completely forgot, I think, that that part of your story about the fact that when you and Brian got together, how it was that blended family unit there for a, a period. And yeah, I, I think I'd just forgotten that the the dynamics and the experience that you had during that period of not just the two of you trying to navigate, how do I parent or support the parenting of these these new children, but bringing into consideration also the other parents that weren't there in your lives and the role that they were playing on the parenting as well. And so, wow, yeah, that's that's a massive other <laughs> conversation, I think, that we could have another time. But, um, yeah, and, and it's not just the that they're, in, they're each individually different and that's one reason why they get parented a little bit differently from one another. I've also been recognising that it's also the dynamics between me and each of my children that is different. And of course it's going to be different. It's when you look at it from human design, as a projector, I am going to interact with each one of my children different because they're all different designs as well. And then I've also found that Sometimes when my husband is around versus when he's not around, what that does to the, the dynamics and how things might play out and what decisions get made or what emotions come up and things like that, that affects it. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, I've got out of my three children, my boys, I've got my eldest is a projector, my middle child is a manifester and my youngest is a manifesting generator. So we have quite a diverse house here with energy types and I feel like the fact that my eldest son and I are both projectors is probably one of the reasons why we do seem to have the relationship that we have because we just, we seem to understand each other more and that's not to say that we can't have a doozy of a fight sometimes but it's... It's just a different relationship that I have with him versus 
my middle son, who's a manifester. That is just such a, a unique relationship where I just, sometimes I just feel like I do not understand what he's thinking, what he's wanting to do. I can't read his energy like I can with my other son and my younger son and even how I can read my husband's energy sometimes. Like, And then, you know, and then my youngest son, the manifesting generator, it's just like he is, he's just this ball of energy that I feel energized by being around, especially when he is just doing things that he loves and everything. Like you just can't help but feel happy and just, I don't know, excited about life when you are around him and he has that impact on my energy. So the way that I parent him sometimes is completely different because I'm in a different s- state of feeling when I'm around him. Um, so yeah, it's, and I know that you, you also have um, a manifester <laughs> in your life. So this is always going to be probably a topic that comes up because out of all the different types in human design, I think that manifestors are just fascinating and they and they're so unique and they are they are humans that are just here to create things and I think just shake things up in a massive way and so when you have one of them in your life as a child, as one of your children and it sounds also, oh, it's so wonderful. That sounds like a great type of human, you know, someone who's here to create new things and, you know, be really independent and, you know, be creative and here to bring new things to life. It sounds exciting, but when you're trying to parent them, it's really, really hard. <laughs> Would you mm-hmm. agree? Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited for our conversation our podcast on having manifesto sons as we both do I'm excited but I'm nervous actually because yeah it's going to be full of um fireworks I know but yes I have since it's so interesting and I break up my parenting experience of him and I guess um you know the topic of today is treating our children do we treat them differently or not? And I break up my parenting of him into two separate eras of parenting so far, pre-human design and post-human design. And pre-human design, I, you know, I tried every single um, book, like tool that was available, therapists, like all the things, trying to follow all the routine, all the routines, trying to follow all the rules to parent him like to a T which felt again like out of uh, intuitively not right but I didn't know what else to do like I did not know what else to do I didn't know how to parent this child and so I thought well the the best way to do it would be to follow the rules or the you know getting education getting support getting all the tips and advice and all those things and um that didn't work and so I tried to you know treat him or parent him in like outside of the box I guess a little bit or with a bit more less rigidity I just I didn't know how to parent him was is basically what it comes down to I had no idea nothing worked 
like it was, I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I was constantly feeling out of control. I was constantly feeling like a failure as a parent and there was so much disconnect and just disharmony in our, in our lives, in our relationship, in our family. And then enter human design and I just, I learned about him and it was just, I was able to, I guess it was an age as well. He was at an age where I could surrender a little bit more. He was, you know, probably 14, 15. So I was, I was able to surrender and let him take more responsibility and I was able to step back from trying to control everything. And how me learning the best way to support him through life, I guess, because I, I'll say I don't think you parent a manifesto now. <laughs> In hindsight, I can say there's no parenting there. It's it was for me. It was learning how best to support him through his life. What was actually um, like that? That's so, to, so totally different to how I can parent my daughter, or how it, you know that it, it, it just felt so different and so against the rule books. And there was times in my life where. You know, I've sh- I've shared with my close friend group of you know like I, I I was not able to tell anyone the things that I we were going through or that I was maybe um, giving him the freedom to do or the choices that I'd made because no I felt no one else would understand but I knew it was the right dis- right thing for him and it turned out to be the right thing for him. But that can be really, that was a really lonely period in my life because I was learning about who he was as a, through human design as a person and everything just made so much sense and it was so applicable to him. But I felt very alone and I felt like I was taking lots of risks as well and thankfully they all paid off um, as I was learning about him. But there is no way those same... Um, strategies would work with my daughter but you know absolutely no way in the world so what and why would I ever think that oh well it worked for him so I'll do it with my daughter and I've recently learned that um my oldest stepson is a manifester as well and oh my gosh like <laughs> it's just changed everything um yeah I'll, I'll leave that there <laughs> what, you is there to- any is there anything that you can look back now as well and like when you're saying like the things that how you parented one child versus the other like what are some of the big differences that you can see now that you understand a manifester versus a generator that you go oh well of course that makes sense why that didn't work for him or her when I was, when it had worked for the other one or 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 not worked for the other one and it works with this one or something like that um, that's a tricky question. <laughs> that would that requires me to kind of think about what I did. <laughs> okay. I'm I, I'm not very good at that. I kind of I do, I do I do things and then I just move on to the next thing. <laughs> but just being a well, like being able to surrender and um, not I got I I I was really hurt by my son. I was constantly being hurt uh, or allowing myself to be hurt by his actions and that was massive and that would cause me to react in a certain way and that would just, the ripple effect of that was monumental within our family. Learning 
about him and his human design is uh, allowed me to free myself from getting hurt all the time because it was never about me. Like it was never about me. It was never like him intentionally hurting me or saying things or doing things or acting, you know, he selfishly um, because that's what he's designed to do. That's how he's designed to create and do things and, and it's not selfish in the negative um ideal of that word it's just a a self-driven self-awareness it's all about self 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 and that used to hurt me um so I probably had a lot of like trauma from that and then I would I would definitely parent the other children coming from that place I guess for fear of being hurt or um fear of you know having type of any emotional or worried that they would if I did something that the rest of them would respond and react the same way which of course would never happen yeah yeah I think for one like because we've had different parenting experiences in the way of the age of our children I look back now on because well my eldest two are so close in age so it felt like I had you know a baby and a very very young child at the same time, like having to parent young children at the same time, basically, um, two of them. And then my third came along three and a half years after my middle one. Um, I look back and now and just look at simple things like bedtime and how I used to try and roll out the exact same thing for all three of them and why now bedtime was probably such a shit show was because each one of my boys were different and to the extent of like so Hudson the projector you know he was always a very quite a good sleeper and you know as long as he got to bed he wasn't ridiculously over overstimulated um you know he would he'd be reasonably happy just to sort of put him in his room and he'd go off to sleep whereas Ashton, my manifester, you know, like I would fight him for hours to get him to go to sleep. Hours. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing you could do to get this kid to go to sleep if he did not want to go to sleep. And you and I'd be sitting there going, I've done everything exactly the same as I've done with Hudson and you're not doing it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> or sometimes I'd go, what the hell's wrong with me? Like, why isn't this working? And then come along my third child who, you know, as long as he had had a day where he'd used up a lot of his energy, he would literally lay down on a bed. The second his head hit the pillow, he'd be out like a light. But if he'd had a day where he hadn't used much energy and he still had that that like build up in him, he would be a little bugger where he would just be like jumping around his room and like not fighting sleep like Ashton did, but he would just be like this little ball of energy that just needed to like bounce off the walls for a little while and then he would go to sleep. And I look at it now and I'm like all three of them, needed me to approach just something as simple as bedtime <laughs> so differently. And yeah. now that they're older, it's the same. Like I, it's we can't just go, oh, bedtime boys, and they all are going to do the same thing. And, and I've learned to let go of that because when you expect that and they don't do it because they're not ever going to do it, 
it makes life so much easier when you just go, okay, yeah, that one is going to just go off and go to bed and he'll do that. That one is probably going to sit in his room until midnight and do whatever he wants to do. And, you know, I've done everything I can to create the right environment for him to go to sleep, but I can't enforce him to go to sleep. (laughs) He's going to have to do that on his own time or we're going to be having a big fight on our hands and he's going to get angry and then all the problems start. And so it's just like little things like that that I've been learning about each of them that I just look back now and I go, yeah, it's like there was no one book that could have ever told me the right thing that would have fit for all three of my children. I just just had this idea like, the best book ever the best book and the shortest book it would be one page like and you should give it to every single new parent um I don't know one line like they are not all they are they are all not the same (laughs) I don't know like just that simple wisdom like that is so true I think it comes I mean I, I feel like just listening to you talk it it's our journey as parenting and I feel like that's what changes as well and I think it's it's different when you have all your children all are closer to the same age as you did but even just the you know the, the gap between the first two and, and the second um, but our age where we're at in our life like that impacts how we parent um, as women where we're at when out with our cycle how we are you know in our relationships how we were parented like I think that's a huge thing of and because the world is changing so rapidly um you know we might be really conditioned and quite rigid in thinking that we must parent our children as we were parented and I think that's a really big thing for first-time parents because we don't know anything else the only the only information we have on parenting is how we were parented so our first child I think we do come up against lots of um, learning experiences because we have this rigidness of we must do what we knew, what we, what, what, how we were parented. Um, and then the the other children that follow, we kind of have got, we know that, oh, shit, well, I'm not going to do that again or I'm not going to follow that rule book again or I know what worked. And, yeah, you know, there's a, a there's already that foundational layer that we can – use for the following children but I do think it's interesting how you know as they get older it's the it is the children who will say oh well that's not fair that you know that person had that or that person has that or and it's that comparison which I guess is human nature like and they're smart little buggers aren't they like they will literally try everything to manipulate the situation for themselves if it's something they want or something you know to get their way they will use that you know and it might be something that we've completely not even recognized that they will pick up on um a big thing in my parenting has been around food my son doesn't enjoy food it's not something that he doesn't really like it so I've constantly been having to encourage him to eat and, and you know reminding him to eat and preparing him food and I have the opposite probably with all the other children um but in particular my daughter so yeah she will often say oh well you know compare that the food thing oh he's allowed to have more food or 
um, not more for, not that I ration her food, but you know, she, she, uh, she, she notices the difference in what I'll say to him of encouraging him to eat more. Whereas I'll, I will be like, oh, you know, I'll, I will be helping her to be mindful of maybe what she has already eaten, you know? So it's, yeah, they, they pick up on so much. Um, yeah. And exactly, and that's a great example of the different individual. So for one child, if you're trying to say, look, we need you to be eating more, and then another child who has no problem with, you know, wanting to eat, eating the food that they, they want to eat, and then sometimes, like with a lot of children, I find with my boys, eating becomes something that they can just do if they're bored and they've eaten plenty and it sometimes is this reminder of you don't actually need to eat anymore. You're just eating because you're just bored and there's nothing else to do. So, mm, yeah. yeah, there's some – then another child that you actually have to go, yeah, you know, do you really need that and how they might mm. then perceive that as, well, how come yes. you're saying to the other one that you need to eat more but for me it's different and, you know, in my house it's like one gets – was allowed to – catch a train into the city when he was 13 with his mates and then the other one hit 13 and goes why can't I do it now and it's like well because you're a completely different child and you've got a completely different set of mates and you've got a completely different uh, emotional maturity about you and I just don't feel comfortable you doing that yet and it's not the hard and fast rule of well your brother did this at this age so that's just a you get the ticket to go and do the same thing at the exact same stage in your life. It's it's like we always have to be basing some of our parenting decisions on the individual child and what they may need or not need in that situation Yeah, has been what I've been experiencing. Yeah, and then we bring in the male-female, you know, um, and just ex- expanding on the food, you know, my daughter loves food and, you know, it's like, but her being a female as well impacts on, on that. That is, you know, it's, it's all of these things which make it, uh, you know, sometimes I think I'm just overcomplicating it also in my mind. Um, but then it, it is a, an awareness of, of, yeah, the difference in all the different levels. Um, and I know that's, you know, even just from a mother and a father parenting a daughter as opposed to a mother and a father parenting a son, you know, the difference is there. Um, there's so many nuances around it and how they can, uh, how the, the children pick up on those differences, perceive those differences. And, uh, you know, the, the daughters in my life definitely can pick up on the differences of how their father parents them compared to the boys. Um, yeah, you know, there's no right or wrong, but yeah, there. I think there is a real awareness. I think in majority of kids, and I think it's beneficial for them to be parented individually for most things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I. I believe that anyway. 
someone may disagree. Someone else might think that, oh no, it's far easier and it's better to just parent them all the same. I don't know. Maybe there is people with that perspective out there, but yeah. Uh, and I think that, that, that would apply to some children and to some family dynamics. I think th- that works, you know, there's so many complexities within each family unit that would say that would you know um determine whether that works or not Hmm. yeah yeah well i think one thing that i highly recommend to anyone with children is if when we've been talking about human design if it is something that interests you or you want to know more about learning about it for yourself is one thing but when you start to dive into understanding your children through human design it's it's so interesting and powerful and there's just simple things that just you know understanding your child's you know what their physical demands are like you know the difference between my three sons is that my projector son you know two to three hours of play or work or or whatever it might be then he needs rests and that's so true to him my manifesto can alternate between extreme high levels of energies to days where he's flat as a tack and that's just normal to him and then my manifesto generator you know he is he needs pretty much every single day unless he's sick a lot of physical movement and just understanding that difference alone between my children has change things understanding like their sleep patterns their eating styles um another really interesting one is like their stress responses what causes them to get upset and stressy and you know and then what supports them to sort of become back to themselves and what's going to help them calm down in different situations has just been so important for me as a parent to understand those things and has just empowered me to go right okay this is what's going on in this situation I actually can look at it through this lens and I feel like I understand it so much clearer and I can be I can approach it a little bit calmer I feel nowadays so yeah so that would be just one thing for anyone listening to this like it learning about your children's human design can be a really Really powerful thing. Yeah, I second that. It has been so life changing for me. I feel like I feel like the value that I can provide my children now is just so much greater. I don't know. I feel like I can give them tools for success and um, navigating life. You know, they'll still go through all the same things in life, but I spent so much of my life my adult life trying to work out all the things and I mean we still have to work out things but it I feel like it can really short track a lot of the the journeying or the digging or the difficulties that we kind of can have in our young adult life in our teen life and just learning to accept ourselves, learning to accept our children, who they are and not trying to question things all of the time and work out what's wrong with them or if there's something wrong with them, if they're, you know, if you're thinking that like I was um, and just learning that acceptance for them and to be able to empower them to have self-acceptance for themselves is just the most beautiful gift. 
Um, and it doesn't have to go deep or anything. Just learning some really basic things about the human design can change so much. Yeah, definitely. Right. I hope that you have enjoyed this conversation, Sunny. It was a thank you. Um, and I'm sure we're going to return back to talking about our children in many other conversations to come, especially our very unique special manifestors. <laughs> People are probably listening to this going, what are these manifestors? They sound like, I don't know, these unicorn children or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they are very special. And are all of our children. As are all of our children, mm. I do have to say that, but I think um, when you're parenting a manifesto, it's just a different ball game. So, all right. Mm. Thank you, Sunny, and thank you for listening to our episode today and we hope you join us for the next one. We wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we speak, the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation and the Ghana people of the Ghana country. We pay respects to their elders past and present. Thank you for listening today and we hope you enjoy our future episodes.